So in the, here in this text that I just read, we hear this poetic definition of what faith is from the unknown author of Hebrews. It wasn't St. Paul. That's the only thing we're sure of. It wasn't St. Paul, but we don't know who it was. Now, the simple dictionary definition of faith is simply trust or confidence in something. So that's a pretty broad definition. And then our question becomes, well, what do we have faith in? And what is the purpose of faith? And what do we want it to do for us? And I imagine that the answer to that will be a little bit different for everyone. So here right now, I would love for you in that other comment section on the um, on Facebook to please answer the question. Here it is. What do you have faith in? I asked this question earlier in the week in our local group page, and we had some good discussion and some of you wrote some very, very beautiful and inspiring things. So if you're part of our local local community and you have access to that group, go back and read through that thread because you might find some inspiration there. So what do you have faith in? And I'm not asking you, what do you have? What are you certain about? Not certainty. Faith is not certainty, but what do you have enough trust or confidence in to at least move you in some way? Okay. But faith can be kind of a loaded word. Some of us can recall times when we've had faith used as a cudgel against us, as a weapon. If we grew up in most any Western churchy context, we have likely heard the phrase, quote, prayer of faith, as in God hears the prayer of faith or God answers the prayer of faith. And many of us believed what we were told, that if we just believed hard enough and had faith enough, then whatever we're asking for, right, because prayer in these contexts is usually, you know, associated with asking for stuff, that would be granted to us. As if faith were the rubbing motion that releases the genie from the magic lamp. And if, disappointingly, our request for money or healing or success or whatever we were asking for was either unheard or un- or denied, well, then we didn't have enough faith or we didn't have the proper kind of faith. We did not rub the lamp sufficiently to make the genie do what we wanted him to do. Our faith was then made suspect and we probably felt ashamed. And so in this way, so many of us, I think, emerged with this idea that prayer is transactional and faith is like a belief context and the divine is fickle and willful and stern and we have to work for his attention, which I think a lot of us are here realizing is a really sad way to do faith and not a recipe at all for a vibrant spirituality. So one of the things that we have talked about at length in the metamorphosis cohort is how many of us carry grief because we feel we have lost faith. We feel maybe we've lost the faith that our parents and grandparents adhered to. The old paradigms taught us that to have faith is to have certainty and many of us have lost certainty. Therefore, we feel that we've lost faith altogether. And that is painful, that pains us. Many, it makes us feel a little lost and homeless. And some of us have can admit that we have sort of a nostalgia and longing for the certainty that we used to have. So around here, we have tried and we are trying continually to create space for that grief and to do authentic lament for that loss. 
And I think it's a little tempting for us to be um, a bit intellectually lazy and say that, well, now that we've lost certainty in this set of dogmatic assertions, then we've lost faith or we've let go of faith. But I want us to get away from equating faith with certainty. It's like when people say that, well, because we no longer regard the Bible as quote unquote inerrant, if you're a person who doesn't, we can no longer regard it as helpful at all, which is, I think, old, dualistic, all or nothing thinking. We can do better. Where religious fundamentalism taught us to see black and white, we are learning to perceive color. So I regard faith, the word, the word faith with some suspicion. I think it's like so many other words that Christianese has either rendered harmful or useless. But that doesn't mean that I don't still think that faith is a helpful thing to have in life. And it's especially nice to share some faith with other people. And it's especially nice to be doing shared work with a group of folks who share some faith. So I'm gonna talk about faith and the concept of faith today in a pretty broad way. So I have a couple of main reasons for wanting to approach this topic. Why did I choose this? Well, number one, I'm sick and tired of the leaders of the old paradigm of religious Christianity coming for me and my people, like calling us faithless and godless and trivializing the very hard journey that so many of us have had to go on ever since we kind of saw how the sausage was made and realized that we needed to ask some questions. And I just don't have any patience for people who mock or trivialize quote unquote deconstruction or regard it like as some fad that they're waiting to pass by so that they don't have to engage with it. People who have renovated their faith paradigm very often still have faith. It just may take us a while to articulate it. That's reason number one. Reason number two is I personally need faith. I need some faith to keep on going here. It is very easy for me as a person who reads and thinks about stuff and pays attention to the news and is seeing what's happened with the, with the climate crisis and with the government and with the, um, the, trial, the trial of the murderers of Ahmaud Arbery to go down a road of cynicism and nihilism and just be depressed all the time. I don't want to be depressed all the time. If I do that, I'm not gonna be very useful here on this planet. So I need a faith that uplifts me, that heals and helps me. When Jesus says, your faith has made you well, that's what I want. I want a faith that makes me well, that heals me. And perhaps I want that self-indulgently okay. <laughs> so I have one pretty simple and small goal that I'm just hoping can be accomplished in the context of this sermon. Okay, small, simple. I'm hoping that some of our grief over losing faith can be assuaged. Not because we're unwilling to grieve, but because we can realize that we haven't actually lost faith. I'm hoping that we can be soothed in the knowing that we still have faith, even though it's different than what we used to have. So I don't like using the word faith as a synonym for religion. I, that's not a preference of mine. It doesn't matter to me like what the Christian 
faith proclaims as truth if none of us agree with that version of truth anymore. So some of us push back on even just the idea of faith and we have good reasons. Most of us were only ever exposed to a type of faith that was, you know, it was future oriented and elsewhere oriented. And it was this set of anti-intellectual beliefs that like Jesus would save you from a future hell and allow you to enter a future heaven. And the faith was about what happened to you after death and what happens to the earth after Jesus comes back someday way out there in bodily form. And some of so much of the hymnody and the liturgy, the liturgy of Christianity reflects that, that future orientedness. I'm thinking of songs like some glad morning when this terrible, horrible, no good life is over. I'll fly away. Like I'll fly away to some other place where trouble is no more. And that was to be the basis of my, my faith. It's It was drilled into us that faith is only ever, it's only about the future and it's only rarely about the now and that there wasn't anything good in the now except faith in the future, which is confusing and weird. But so many of us have lost certainty about what happens in that nebulous someday. And we're hungry for a faith that matters now and that has bearing on this moment and these circumstances and this set of problems that we are currently dealing with. And this challenge that I'm facing right now and the suffering that we are bearing now. And that gets trickier, doesn't it? Jesus in the scriptures is not so future oriented. He's constantly saying stuff like the kingdom of God is near. It's now the kingdom of God is within you. It's not in some nebulous future. And I think a lot of us have, we've let go of this idea that faith of this idea of faith that only really has anything to do to do with the future and no bearing on now. And for a lot of us, Suffering is the deal breaker. We don't want anything to do with faith that allows for suffering and has no answers for it, right? So we have some of us at various times in our life, we have this very exclusive and rudimentary logic, okay? It says, all suffering is bad. And if God allows suffering, then God is bad. So we have no faith in any God that lets suffering be part of our experience here. And therefore, since suffering exists and we ourselves have to undergo it, therefore, there is no faith worth having. Does that sound familiar? Have you ever been there? I get it. I get it. I tend to think that it's kind of dualistic, a little oversimplified, and of course, really hard to explain to kids. But I understand how we might arrive there. And I don't want to gloss over that, okay? Because we're all suffering somehow. None of us here are immune to this defining aspect of the human experience. And I also understand that suffering is excruciating. And I understand how we are tempted always <laughs> to blame it on someone or some, something outside ourselves. We humans are always, always looking for a scapegoat to blame our problems on. Historically, the scapegoat's either God or women, right? <laughs> if you tend to, if you pay attention. I find it also, you know, really maddening because the reality is that Christianity does have a lot to say about suffering. Just not 
often taught in mainstream churches. Like, here it is. Okay, the figurehead of the religion was born a poor peasant who was marginalized, oppressed, and colonized by a military superpower and spent his life going around eradicating what suffering he could. And then he joined humanity in the ultimate solidarity with suffering by enduring being brutally killed by a religious system that couldn't tolerate his, wi his willingness to bear witness to people's suffering, who, when he was resurrected, okay, tangent, I understand this resurrection metaphorically as an invitation into ego transformation for us. Okay, so like we, our, our ego dies and our spirit rises. Okay, it's a metaphor. But physically, I understand it as a suggestion that maybe death isn't the winner here. Okay, the, the Christ who resurrected kept the marks of suffering on his flesh. Jesus is a person who looks suffering right in the eye. He says, look, free will is here to stay. And the observable reality is that humans almost always choose suffering for themselves or other people, but we don't have to keep doing that just because it's what has always been done. He says, the kingdom of God is possible here on earth in the now. He says, both with his witness and his body, there's no over avoiding there's no avoiding suffering, but there is overcoming it. So I get a little heated when people say that Christianity doesn't have anything to say about suffering or that the Christ doesn't. So look, I've lost faith in the leaders of my youth. I've lost faith in the religious paradigm that I was brought up in. I have lost faith in the government and the judicial systems after watching what routinely happens to my siblings of color, of disability, and of low income at the hands of those systems. But in the end, I still want some faith. When suffering inevitably arrives and the political system is on fire and capitalism is burning the world down, when I'm sick, or when I'm watching a loved one be sick, I want some faith to get me through. I want to trust that goodness is winning and love is preeminent and hope is worth having and that you and I are both going to get where we're going in the end, regardless of what happens to us on this journey. I want to remain confident, most of the time at least, that what's broken will be mended and that the work we're doing here won't be wasted. I want to keep a faith that tells me I came from love and I'm still held in love and I'm on my way back to love. I want a faith that fuels and strengthens me now rather than tries to predict some future outcome. I want a faith that grounds me now and helps me see the presence of love now inside of whatever suffering I'm facing or whatever injustice I'm hoping to eradicate. I want a faith that shows me beauty inside of ashes. And I want a faith that doesn't blame shift, that instead inspires me and you to take personal responsibility for our thoughts and feelings and our responses to life circumstances, okay? That doesn't flake out when the going gets hard. You know, when the author of Philippians says to, you know, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, I take that to mean your faith is an inside job and you should take it seriously because no one can do your inner work for you. 
No one can work on your trauma healing for you. No one can mature your relationship with your ego for you and so on and so forth. It's an inside job. I also want a faith that's able to behold suffering without judgment, but that is also able to be clear-headed about what choices humanity makes that cause suffering. You know, for instance, white supremacy causes suffering for anyone who, anyone who doesn't benefit for it, from it, but it also causes unseen suffering to the people on the top because, okay, and here's where a measure of faith has to come in for me because I have faith that what benefits the collective benefits the individual and what harms the individual harms the collective, okay? That's a tenet of faith for me. I've observed it to be true from life experience, and I have a fair amount of confidence that it'll still be true in other circumstances. So about faith, I want to leave you today with one small piece of advice. <laughs> okay, I can't, I'm not prescribing a faith to you. You won't hear that from us. You won't hear us tell you what to have faith in or not. But I have one, one small piece of advice, a whole sermon, and all you get is one, so don't miss it, okay? Here it is. If you are grieving your lost faith and you would like to discover whether you still have some left, start with observing what your soul is grateful for. Start at your heartfelt gratitude and then follow the thread backwards and very likely you will discover some faith. Remember in that reading from Luke that Cody read earlier? The Christ heals 10 guys who are sick with leprosy and they all run away and only one of them returns to express gratitude to which Jesus says, get up, your faith has healed you. Go back with gratitude and let it lead you back to your authentic faith. The faith that I once had was raised to the ground. But some beautiful new faith seedlings have taken its place. So I still have faith. And you might discover that you do too. And that there's less to grieve than you thought. Okay? I have faith that the, the divine God is ultimately love and loving. And does not willingly cause suffering or harm. I have faith that out of love, the divine allows human beings to have free will and doesn't intervene when we make choices. I have faith that we're here in part to experiment with choices and the consequence of those, the consequences of those choices, both on an individual level and on a collective level. I personally have faith that God is present with me in suffering and suffers alongside me. I personally have faith that love is the origin of my being and my ultimate destination. I have faith that love is going to win here on earth. And this one's really important to me because if I didn't have this faith, then I would quit everything I'm doing here. If I didn't have any faith in love, I would quit all this. It's what keeps me going. I have faith that the Christ is a really good example, probably the best one of a human being who lived out his divinity in, a, in an authentic way. And that that path is open to me as well. I get the opportunity here to wake up to my own divinity and my imago dei as well. 
always going on about. And I get to choose a path of love. So you know how Jesus says elsewhere in scripture. It's recorded in Matthew 16. Maybe you'll remember, he says, whoever desires to save their life will lose it. And whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. Well, I think the same is true about faith. I think sometimes we have to lose our faith to find it. What if the ego version of our faith has to die so the spirit version can be resurrected? I'm just, I'm just saying to you today, maybe you've been grieving your loss of faith and you've been like the Marys at the tomb. You're looking for it. And maybe if you take a look inside, you'll find some faith that's perhaps a little scarred, but resurrected. Amen.